0: My mm-hmm. 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 Baszwoki wanchuj wojs a vaksio jest się ohawona wsi Bikasti v loi my coś komono a soi bevoi I wish this your heart would i I'm going to go to für Ihr 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 I'll walk God, No, 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 hey no, 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 Hey! I no, Dani am a Again, David saw them laughing down.
1: J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. 6.33 in the morning, 27 minutes before 7 o'clock on this Friday, Erev Shabbos. It's September to 6, the 6th of Elul. First week of the month of Elul as we uh, get closer and closer to the brand new year, which begins uh, three weeks from Sunday night, right? Yeah, three weeks from this coming Sunday night. So a big chunk of time, as we said yesterday, with our friends from SAR and our friends from MTA, as we said yesterday, a uh, an unusual calendar that we have a full month of school before even getting to the first days of vacation on Rosh Hashanah. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, Parsha Shoftim, candle lighting in New York, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Candle lighting here in New York. You heard Shlomo Kalbach, L'mekdashach, and Mimkomcha was in there. Eighth day at Star of David, L'Chadodi from except Saturday. Omer Adam and Ma Pecha, Lechad that was Eitan Katz. Jonathan Sheinfeld with Bossy Legani, a song we continue to dedicate to uh, Kayla and Benjamin. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. I want to thank everybody, everybody up in Riverdale, Alicia Block up at the Pizza Block and all the wonderful guests that we had yesterday morning. I know we had a, a, a bit of a... Um, how do I an epidemic of technical difficulties? It's amazing. I was reviewing a whole bunch of stuff with ZK, our chief engineer, after the show on the telephone. And it was unbelievable that, you know, that everything that happened actually happened on the same show. But sometimes these things occur. But anyway, it was a great show with wonderful guests and a great visit to Riverdale, New York. And I thank everybody up there. And uh, glad we were able to kick off the Azer Mitsion. September on the road fall 2019 with us on the road by being up in uh Riverdale New York and then uh we went to the undisclosed location where we also had a couple of technical difficulties <laughs> again you don't even realize how rare those are the ones that we have but okay I guess that's for us to know but anyway um we went to uh, Washington Heights we were little, literally across the street from the uh from the original Beit Midrash
2: <clears throat>
1: of uh, Yeshiva University across the street from MTA uh, and um, had a very, very interesting and fun show there at uh, Como Pizza. I want to thank uh, Josh. I want to thank Seth. I want to thank uh, Jacob. I want to thank everybody who really gave us a, a big dose of hospitality. and we We were there for a couple hours during our Thursday live lunch. Uh, Jonathan Schlagbaum was the winner of our contest of who can guess where we are. <laughs> um, as so that was fun. And we did a great Facebook live video, which of course you could see, you can go there and, uh, and check it out. It was a lot of fun. And Joshua Siegel joined us plus some other students from YU and MTA. So it was a really nice visit. It was really a great visit. And I'm glad we were able to do that, um, uh, yesterday in, uh, in Washington Heights. Um, there were three of us who made weddings in Old Westbury in the last week. Three together. Two Hassan and, and myself <laughs> who were involved in weddings at Old Westbury over the last week uh, at one time there uh, at, during our broadcast. Oh my gosh, a thousand views already of that original Facebook Live video from Washington Heights. I can't believe that. Anyway, so... <laughs> So it was really a uh, a wonderful and incredible, um, a wonderful and incredible uh, a day, and a big thank you to our friends at the Azer Mitzvah, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. Remember, you can join that ball drop contest. It is a great way to give tzedakah and a fun way to see if you could win split the pot. They're literally taking whatever ball you buy, putting it with hundreds of others in a helicopter and dropping them from the sky. The three closest to the hole. Uh, during the golf tournament, will win the um, the prizes, the three closest. emgolf.org, emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. If you use the promo code Nahum, you save 5% on the uh, purchase of the golf balls. Use the promo code Nahum. And there you have it. So Friday morning here at JMA, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He will join us coming up uh, at 7.40 Eastern Time. We'll do the weekly update. So make sure to be tuned in for that. Rabbi Yudin is coming up, um, 8.15, with the Torah portion of the week. Uh, I am told that Avital Chizik Goldschmidt is going to join us. Uh, She recently wrote a very interesting article, and uh, we will explore that coming up at JM in the AM. And um, just a whole bunch of great stuff, all between now and 9 a.m., plus a brand-new Naomi Nachman um, table for two, brand-new this morning, plus uh, the Erev Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, done by Mark Zamek, plus the Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, plus Harry Rothenberg's video blog and Parsha Shoftim coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I mean, we're talking about, you know, A lot of serious stuff between now and candlelighting. (laughs) Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull featuring Rabbi Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday morning, it's JM Sunday with Matis between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern time. That's done live. I mean, Monday, we're back, of course, here at JM. and AM. Next week's travel is a little lighter. I believe we're only on the road Thursday when we do the live lunch from Lakewood. So next Thursday, Lakewood, New Jersey, you know where, at J2. Uh, with our good friend Louis Fulman. So we're going to be set up there at 11 a.m. Feel free to come by, uh, tell everybody you know, and let's build up to that. We have no live remotes between now and 11 a.m. Thursday, so let's build up to that with our friends at Aza as we uh, continue our month on the road. The following week, it's, it's an insane week of travel, but next week uh, we're going to focus on uh, Lakewood, New Jersey and be there uh, Thursday during the day. All right, more coming up. You are listening to um, uh, J.M. in the A.M. and this is Ohad from the album B'Sha'a Tovah, J.M. in the A.M.
0: Yeah, hallelu, Se mi sem ye Say my my hallelujah. shit. Yes, she Tanatoywa ye shlee ye shlee the Moishe, Moishe, knows i moy she
1: J.M. in the A.M. with Miami. That's Yivarecha here at J.M. in the A.M. Shlaimi Gertner had Shabbos. Ari Goldwag with Moshe. Jakob Shweki with Shivisi. And Lovado Ohad opened up that set. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the World the Web and Nachum Single.com and the Nachum Network. And, of course, in the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Tzar Shabbos Parsha Shoftim will light candles in New York at 7 p.m. Show for blowing coming up, coming up, and much, much more, including the weekly update. Weekly update at 7:40 Eastern Time, Galitzal Israel Army Radio.
3: Two PM newscast for Friday is next. Bogatov from The <laughs> האם תזומן בהמשך לחקירה במשטרה. הוא בנתניה תינוק בן תשעה חודשים, הוא שאר ברכב חונה ופונה לבית החולים לניאדו כשהוא סובל ממכת חום, אך מצבו יציב והוא בהכרה. כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו ועדס שתייף מוסרים, כי לפי נתוני ארגון בטרם ילדים, מהשנת 2008 דובך 813 ילדים שנשכחו בכלי רכב, ו31 מהמתו. בארגון קוראים להורים לוודא בסיום כל נסיעה שלא שכחו את ילדיהם ברכב. פועל בניין בן 25 נפצע באורח קשה לאחר שנפל מגג מבנה באזור התעשייה הסמוך לקיבוץ יגור. הוא פונה בידי מגן דוד אדום עם חבלת ראש החולים רמבם. בסערה סביב הצבת המצלמות בכלפיות. רושם הממשלה נתניהו טוען שראשי מפלגת כחול לבן מנסים לגנוב את הבחירות כי כשהם מתנגדים לעצבה מיידית של מצלמות בכלפיות. מה שמטריד אותי עכשיו זה שמנסים לגנוב את הבחירות. הם מתנגדים לעצבת מצלמות כי הם רוצים שיגנבו את הבחירות. דברי נתניהו מהמביא שליחנו בפמליאת רושם הממשלה בלונדון, צחי דאבוש. השלמה בצלחה נסיהת המברח הראשונה בקבור רכיבת המאיר מיתלavi יבלי ירושלים. הרכיבה ישלימה בפעם הראשונה נסיהה רצופה על מסילה מחושמת מתחנת תלavi והאגנה לתחנת ירושלים מתחקנавון. כתובנו ליניין תחבורה אליעב בתי תום סר כי בהנלת הרכיבה מבקיחים ש.setAlignment צבור יוחל לנצח בקבור לא לא צריך עוד בسنة נחחית. מה זה קורא לי אכלב את המלכותות ויאנאי ומוונן חלקיית מחר התקררות קלה וביום ראשון ייתכן גשם בצפון הארץ ומרכזה, אלה החדשות.
4: Yeah.
1: JM in the AM on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. The amazing and incredible Yehuda Green with that one. Uh, who, asked me in, who was the name of that selection. Uh candlelighting at um candle lighting at 7 p.m. here in the New York area. So I received from our wonderful friend Simon Jacob a uh phenomenal um Oh, there we go. Um, hang on one second. Just want to make sure I have this set up properly. righty. there we go. I received from our uh, wonderful friend Simon Jacob a wonderful brand new selection that um, has a backstory to it. I'll 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 tell you what he told me about a, a gentleman and a song. Uh, The gentleman is Yosef Yaakov Arnold from Los Angeles, California, who's now in Jerusalem. And it's a song that was produced by our good friend Sam Glazer, arranged by uh, Arik Wolheim, composed by Yosef Yaakov. And um, as an 18-year-old from Los Angeles, it was always more than singing at the Shabbos table. It was about making his inspiring and heartfelt original Jewish music accessible to all. This debut single, Titane, which... um, Yosef Yaakov wrote just before his father's fourth yard site is about a man who lived up to his incredible namesake. He truly made sure his entire life revolved around Chesed, just as Avraham Avinu did. It is a brand new song. It is available on YouTube. It's got over a thousand views already. Uh, You're looking for, uh, on YouTube, you're looking for the official music video of YY-Titane. That's how it's designated. And we have it for you, I believe, the first time ever on any radio source on JM in the AM. Jam in the AM, there it is. That is the uh, brand new song that uh, uh, we were made aware of it by um, uh, our great friend Simon Jacob. It is uh, performed by uh, uh, Yosef Yaakov, uh, Yosef Yaakov Arnold, who's from Los Angeles, now in Jerusalem. And uh, done in tribute and in memory of his father. The song is called Titane. It is available on YouTube. It's got over 1,000 views already. And it is, as you heard, one beautiful selection. More coming up Friday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM on the Serev Shabbos Parsha Shoftim. Uh, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be coming up at 7.40 Eastern Time with a weekly update right here at JM in the AM.
0: Did diddy, die, diddy, 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 ay, diddy, 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 did diddy, die, diddy, 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 ay, diddy, 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 ay, diddy, 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 die, the diddy, diddy, ay, diddy, 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 die, diddy, diddy, let die.
1: Jam in the a.m. with eight-time cats. He calls it the Elul Nigun. Yeah. Why not play it? It's a month of Elul. 20 minutes after 7 o'clock Friday morning on this shop Shabbos. Parsha Shoftim. Candle lighting at 7 p.m. in New York. Uh, Malcolm Homeline, 20 minutes from now. Weekly update. Make sure to join us. Rabbi Yudin, of course, uh, about 8.15 with Parsha Shoftim. Full day here on the network, including a brand-new program with Naomi Nachman. We call the show Table for Two, and this week, the brand-new Season 8 show includes cookbook author Adina Sussman, whose new release, Sababa, is already a big hit, and the uh, head chef at Wall Street Grill. Uh, they're both going to be part of the Table for Two program with Naomi Nachman coming up at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, plus, of course, we'll be able to watch it on video at uh, nachomsiegel.com. Uh, that is all happening. Uh, that is all happening at 9 a.m., 10 o'clock for the Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Arab Shabbos music mix all day long, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Um, Saturday night single with Avrami, featuring our Bialyzers Wickler tomorrow night, starting at uh, 9 o'clock. The uh, J.M. Sunday program with Matis. Sunday morning, starting at seven a.m. Whole bunch of great things coming up here at JM and the AM. Um. Oh, the Brooklyn Cyclones are tied. Oh, what a shame! The game is on Shabbos. The the uh, playoff series, the clinching game of the playoff series. For the Brooklyn Cyclones is tonight. We wish them the best of luck. No one from our community will be there. (laughs) But they have been all season supporting the Brooklyn Cyclones. And we wish them the best of luck tonight. In their pursuit of the championship. 66 degrees. Showers today and a high of 68. The. um, The uh, fall 2019 on the road segment that we have here at the Nahum Siegel Network is brought to you by Azer Menzion, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. Uh, yesterday, it took us to a couple of really nice places where we did a great, great deal of programming. One uh, the first one, of course, in the morning up in Riverdale. Thank you, Alicia Block and your amazing staff for making it such a hospitable situation. Um, and then that, um, At 11 a.m., we were in an undisclosed location until Jonathan Schlagbaum guessed where we were. And we, in fact, were in uh, Como Pizza. Thank you, Seth and Josh. Como Pizza up in Washington Heights across from the uh, main, or I should say the original base manager of Yeshiv University and across from MTA. And uh, we had a good time. We had a good time at both of the uh, live remotes. Some of the Facebook Live videos have really... (laughs) Been viewed a bunch of times already. You can see it if you go to uh, Facebook.com slash network. And a big thank you to our friends at Azermitzion. And a reminder, we we joined the golf ball drop. We've already bought our golf balls. Now you can do the same thing. Remember, they take all the golf balls that you buy, put them in a helicopter, drop them, and the three closest to the hole split the pot. That's how it works at their big golf tournament coming up. So go to emgolf.org, emgolf.org. And you can purchase the balls by going to emgolf.org slash ball drop. Utilize the, uh, the, um, what's the word? Uh, promo code. Utilize the promo code, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, and you will um, be entitled to a discount on that purchase. All right, so check it out and enjoy. Benny Friedman next. This is JM in the AM.
0: We <laughs> go ולבשאים שחטאתי לפניך אני אוהב איתי ואם אדם היה יכול לזכור את הפגמים את החסרונות, את כל הפשעים את כל האבונות בטח ככה ים עונה אחת, אחת ואחת אחת ושתיים, אחת ושלוש אחת וארבע, אחת לחמש יש הרייה מתייאש כי לא יכול היה את המרירות החט את הבושה, את הפספוס, את ההפסד Passa, Panavlakode Shaho Ablaihal. Bami makomshe Uba, big de laval, lavash big deza. Vekaha yomer, Ranashin, Kapelachata שחטתי לפניך, אני וביתי ואם אדם היה יכול את החסדים, את הטובות את כל הרחמים את כל הישועות בטח ככה ימונה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחד ושתיים אחת מאלף, אלפי אלפים ולא בריבי רבבות. I'm a a Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Leolam v'eh. The place that was and the land in the place that is. The light in the greatest love, the light in the
1: A, a song introduced to me by uh, Miriam L. Wallach. What a song. Wow. Yishai Rebo, Seder Havoda here at JM in the AM. That is a good one. Friday morning broadcast, five minutes away from our weekly update. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, is going to join us. Uh, we'll talk about the events of the last couple of weeks, actually. And get back on track with our weekly update. Big month, the month of September, UN and all that stuff. So we'll talk about that um, coming up about uh, five minutes from now here at JM JMN. But you didn't later on, of course, with Parsha Shoftam and plenty more. I want to thank our friends at Azer Mitsion as we as we uh, hit the road. We already hit the road. We did it yesterday uh, during the month of September. Uh, brought to you by the wonderful people at azer Mitzion, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. Don't forget, we keep reminding everybody to give generously to Azer Mitzion, but in this case, you can give generously and you could win generously by by going to emgolf.org, which is their golf tournament website, emgolf.org, slash ball drop. And uh, when you purchase the golf balls, use the um, promo code Nachum. And when you do that, you'll have a chance to split the pot if you are If your ball that's dropped from the helicopter lands within the three closest balls to the hole, that's how it works. It's a really cool contest. I'm hoping they send me a video of it because the hole. I'm in it only because it's cool. I don't really expect to win, uh, but if I do win, it'll be amazing, to say the least. Yaakov Shwecki's next Friday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM.
5: I found two words that the Jews say in every place On lo was
0: already happened, what was still not happened It doesn't i more.
6: But
0: not me,
6: Kohamit angimba is kulero simcha. Mit angimba is kulero simcha.
0: tot mia digali steh ich aber tot migali du weißt du weißt steh ich aber
1: JM in the Am, that's of course uh, Yitzchak Fuchs, and uh, Shabbat Toad is the name of that one. Candle lighting 7 p.m. in New York. It's Erev Shabbos Friday here at JM in the Am. Um, a weekly update coming up. want to thank our friends at com. I remind you that um, you can print out uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of articles before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world. And, um, oh, I'm just reminded by one of our listeners that we forgot Elul's chauffeur blowing, so we're going to do that in a second before we get to our weekly update. Uh, com, check it out. Th- hundreds, if not thousands of articles that you can uh, print out before Shabbos and enjoy some great reading. And I'm not even exaggerating. You will see how voluminous this site is. Uh, go to dot com, and enjoy. It is the month of Elul here at JM&AM and, and everywhere else. I think that qualifies for an LL sofa blowing, even though our baltokia had a little trouble getting started, it seems. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JMN. Before uh, I uh, introduce our weekly update, first one of this season, uh, post-Labor Day, of course, uh, even though we're on worldwide around the year. Uh, I do want to mention, on behalf of uh, Stacy and myself and the entire Siegel family, Uh, That not only was it wonderful to have the home lines at our big Simcha two Wednesday nights ago, but uh, Malcolm actually participated in the actual ceremony. And for us, after all these decades of uh, our two families um, being together in so many different venues, not just on Friday morning in this forum, it was really extra special. So I mentioned that, and I thank him as we uh, get set to do this weekly update. Both families coming off highs of amazing smachot. Uh, with the Honlein um, uh, grandchild wedding and our child wedding taking place during the same week. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
7: Uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you and to always share some achot. So, I'm glad you didn't give me a speaking role. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> but to be on the chuppah and to witness it, it was such a beautiful simcha and with some unique uh, aspects, especially seeing your son's amazing voice and um, singing to the college. Well, It's really moving.
1: Appreciate that very, very much. And uh, now, of course, the question, since you're an expert, how different is it being at your grandchild's wedding compared to your child's wedding?
7: Well, you're less responsible for one thing. Right. Second, there is a a special bond between third generations and first generation that uh, is different with children. Obviously, you feel pride and joy and the with your childrens, but when you see your grandchildren, you see the continuity and you see fulfillment, um, and it's the ultimate nakama against the Nazis and all the anti-Semites today who do, who want to deny us the future when you see that your children, in this case Mayor Stein and uh, Sima Khan going in the right way and, and uh, uh knowing that your parents and your grandparents who died in the Shoah that they are Shapping Nachas now and know that uh that they were in part responsible and that's what Hirsch tells us that it's we our grandparents influence us as much as we influence our grandchildren and that the um uh, continuity that's represented. And there's also a special bond between grandparents and grandchildren because they have a common enemy.
1: <laughs> Which uh, you will not delineate, I guess. <laughs> you don't want to be quoted exactly toss, you know, on that. One. A it's
7: not true, but I it's true, uh,
1: But it's a good line. But it's a good line. It's anyway. a good line. Very good line. I um I, I and and for us by the way it was a tremendous revelation for our guests. There were hundreds of people shocked that you and I have anything to do with each other outside of Friday morning. <laughs> so that was that was yeah, really nice that right. people people found out that we actually have uh, you know a little bit of a relationship outside of these conversations.
7: Yeah, so it's good for them to find out once in a while.
1: <laughs> Friday morning, Arif Shabbos, weekly update. We're going to get to the latest, uh, the resignation that everyone's talking about, etc. But I want to start with this. Is Donald Trump, the President of the United States, going to meet with the President of Iran this month?
7: Uh, first of all, I don't think that the President of Iran is necessarily going to come. It could be Zarif, and there are reports that Secretary Pompeo may have met him in Iraq, that there are other places, there are a lot of reports circulating, and it's, um, I mean, is it possible? Absolutely. We saw what he did in North Korea, we've seen what he's done elsewhere, that uh um i don't know whether it's always uh as well thought out as it should be in terms of the implications because for the people in iran it's it's being portrayed you know that America is weakening that um, and and the idea amongst the Iranian leadership is that we just have to wait Trump out that any Democrat coming in or whoever will replace him will be easier to negotiate with we 'll go back to the j c p o a we see the French. Now talking about a fifteen billion dollar bailout for the Iranians right. uh and the United States saying we're not gonna let it happen. So while uh I think that he has been clear headed and, and strong on the Iran issue <clears throat> and pulled us out of the JCPOA, has been putting on sanctions which are very effective. I think I mentioned that the they the Iranians dropped four zeros from their currency, right. um which is it. immense. But the but more importantly is that we see that they are not diminishing their activities, neither Hezbollah, not with, with Hamas, not with supporting terrorism, etc. But their financial situation is in trouble. The United States said they will be—they're not going to give waivers to pull out a 15 billion dollar uh, program—and and the Europeans keep promising, and they can't deliver. They haven't delivered on that. They're not going to deliver on the alternative to the SWIFT. So the, the United States is the key player here, and Zarif. Uh, you know who is um, a chameleon-like figure, the foreign minister, um, and they can dismiss it and say, "Well, it's just Zarif doing it." Uh, Rouhani is obviously uh, key, but it's it's Khamenei who's the decision maker. And he, Rouhani, announced just yesterday that the third; they're taking the third step to reduce their commitment to the JCPOA. They, in fact, said that they have no restrictions anymore on their nuclear program, that they get an order to continue to develop new uh, centrifuges, new uh, support systems, etc. So the, um, uh, you know, they're sending, the Iranians are sending these measures. They detained seven trawlers in the Straits of Hormuz. They released the seven British crew of the ship that they took, but they didn't release the ship. And so they're taking provocative actions all the time. They, they they supposedly they're building a new base the first time from scratch in, in Iraq, which is a huge uh decision to make because it's the Al Quds forces uh uh that are doing it, and Israel revealed the new missile plant that is under Hezbollah, but they don't do it without Iran in in uh Lebanon, which is preparing more uh, with precision guidance systems so the the um, and that's a separate question which we should discuss about what's happening in Israel's north. But yeah, the question will. of what happens directly with Iran, the, um, the United States sanctioned their space program this week because they said they're developing ballistic missiles um, instead of the civilian space program that they said that they were uh, in, engaged in. Just as they, um, you know, sanctioned Zarif and they they sanctioned this shipping network which is selling oil. Twenty six people and entities were, were sanctioned this week, um, which is tied to the, the they're tied to the IRGS Al Quds forces and they've been selling half a billion dollars in oil in the past year. So this is um uh, an attempt to to crack down on that and the United States offered a fifteen million dollar reward for people who give information on this which is pretty generous, and I wish I had it. Uh, maybe I'll listen to this again and see if I said anything that would be a hint to getting it. The um, nice But, but it, it, they're escalating at the same time, so in terms I of wouldn't it, read too much into it.
1: In terms of a potential meeting, is it fair to say that, you know, essentially most people in north I'm talking about, you know, the regular citizens—most people in North Korea uh, don't mind when the president of the United States meets with their leader, but when it comes to Iran— You know, there's a large group that you've described to us over the years that is, you know, is is desperately seeking help from the U.S. and the West in general to topple their government or at least, you know, uh, to sanction them to whatever degree possible. Would it be a terribly, uh, a a terrible symbolic gesture for them, for the citizens of Iran, if Trump would go ahead and and hold that meeting?
7: Well, to To a degree, perception, first of all, is very important, especially in the Iran situation where facts are less important than how people perceive the facts. So when you get rumors of talks, which may not have taken place, and and Iranians may be putting out these false reports in order to undermine the opposition, but also to, to create the impression and put more pressure, let's say, on the Europeans, whom they press all the time, to to get them to live up to their commitment and threatening them about they don't threaten the United States about the JCPOA they threaten Europeans who are consistent who are still in it and have been consistently supportive of it um, and the, the so the the people in Iran um, it's not a uniform uh, reaction but the dissidents we speak to were expressing concern about. Mm-hmm if the united states is rushing into talks is it is it symbolic is it just to give cover to show the united states went the extra mile to to even have talks or to talk to them at the same time if they weren't administering all these sanctions and that's why i i listed them then you could say well it, it it's a sign of weakness in fact right. they're continuing everyday treasury state others Announcing these these uh, new tough sanctions,
1: uh, but but it, I, and I know that the Iran the Iranian government, as, as you just pointed out, likes to start these rumors about talks and the benefit that they have when they do so. But in this case, I think there were U.S. officials that were talking about it, right? Wasn't it the Secretary of Defense or somebody from the Pentagon who said there's a strong potential for a, a meeting between the U.S. President and the President of Iran? There
7: have been a number of people who have uh, said it. Uh, it doesn't mean that they actually know, and I, and I don't know whether there will be. Talks or not, it's it's something you know. We'll we'll wait for the morning tweets and see if uh, there's any change in policy. But I I I don't think that there's a fundamental shift in terms of the policy. Uh, You know there've been uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Is Bolton less important? More important is it a weakening of the hard line? Is it uh, strengthening of the line? Does it before the election he would like to get a deal? uh, with Iran, but any deal would have to mean a, a new JCPOA, a new commitment to it. The Europeans are saying, "Well, we're, that they are conditioning the aid on fulfillment and a full commitment to the uh, to the JCPOA, which they can do, like they did last time, and then they violate it." And we know, and we discover more and more how much they violate. We see how much they continue to support. Terrorism uh, globally, especially against Israel and threatening Israel's existence, and uh, we hear it from Hamas leaders, Hezbollah leaders, others um, that thanking Iran and thanking for this equipment and support and everything else that they that they uh, get, and uh, and the expansion of their activities, including in Syria, including in in Iraq. So this is this is not a party that is indicating, in fact, its readiness to to change because it's inherent, that's how they keep control, it's the human rights violations internally, and it's the external support and the threat to destroy Israel, which doesn't diminish at all.
1: All right, now here's what, um, here's how I understood what happened up north last weekend. Here's what I understood. Uh, what I understood was that uh, the enemy, Hezbollah, uh, showered rockets on Israel, a specific area, and that Israel made sure to... Um, uh, to create a situation where it seemed that some of their soldiers were injured that they were in fact rushed to the hospital all supposedly based on the news analysis in a ruse to allow hezbollah to think that they were quote-unquote successful in their mission to kill israelis uh and then of course this was all revealed whether it was supposed to be revealed or not i don't know i'll give you my opinion on that in a minute uh, am I anywhere close, with with this co- very confusing situation, frankly, am I anywhere close to accurate in terms of what happened?
7: Well, certainly, uh, I think you've got a great imagination and we can make a great movie out of it, <laughs> but, but I do think you're right. <laughs> I think that that is essentially what happened. I wouldn't say showered with missiles. There were a few, and Israel showered them with artillery and, and the targeted um, uh, response, but the uh, it's clear that neither side wanted the escalation and, and an all-out war Hezbollah well, can't afford it the financially they can't afford it they're having some trouble with recruitment you know they've been in this fight for so long and the Shiite birth rate is going down and the um, you know they're bringing in foreign fighters but they have...
1: Then why go the, through with the charade they, if you know the enemy doesn't
7: want to engage? Well because they have to put on a show for the, for the people there and the uh, and they did it in a very limited way. It's true that it, it, one of these things could trigger uh, an escalated response, a bigger response than um uh, right now it's very controlled, and both sides controlled the response. Israel did stage that uh, as you described it um a mock uh, result and even a helicoptered somebody out supposedly or had a helicopter bring out a dummy um so that, the, and then they threw the the Hezbollah completely off guard with it uh, when it turned out not to be uh, not to be true. The fact is, though, that they shot some missiles that they've been I've been describing for several many weeks. The escalation there when they were setting fires and doing things and the tunnels, of course. Uh, so the Hezbollah is preparing and is building infrastructure with Iran with others along the Golan near the Golan and along this the Lebanese border Lebanese people don't want a war and you know the Hariri the president came here and talked to talk to U.S. officials we've seen other statements Aoun the president of uh, of Lebanon a Christian by the way uh, made very strong anti-Israel statements in the last 12 hours uh, threatening them with uh, holding them responsible if anything happens so right now I think everybody wants to let it cool down, but the it, you know this it, Hezbollah buys time uh for more activities, but there I think that there are more limitations on them than sometimes you realize
1: I still don't get it i mean if it, if in fact the enemy doesn't want to engage, I don't know why there has to be this charade, but uh, and and I know that they're much better
7: military experts than well, I they am. were responding to Israel taking down the two drone operations
1: right. So why on earth does Israel have to make believe that there are casualties on the Israeli side?
7: No, that was that was shtick uh, because then they knew that Iran, that the Hezbollah would then crow about it, and it would be satisfied with the fact that they could claim that they're getting a military but, thing, and then they expose them as failing.
1: But if they understand that the enemy does not want to engage with them and go to a full-scale war, then. That's their advantage, right there. There's no need to to play this game. Or no, act
7: they it. could have continued. I mean, uh, uh, the Hezbollah has 150,000 rockets. They can continue this and and you know send more and more mortars and rockets. Send and why didn't they? And why?
1: And why didn't they? Once the whole charade was exposed,
7: why didn't they send? Why yeah, didn't why, they didn't, why didn't? It? Why didn't they retire? Because I, I, they 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 stopped because they thought that they had succeeded. Right, but then why victory. not? Why
1: not start again when you're when you're you know, because Ma-
7: Israel responded in a really tough way. They hit him hard. And then they stopped. But they, but they can go to their people. You know, they say always that they say face. Look, if you're asking me to rationalize everything Hezbollah does, right. we'll be here for 24 <laughs> hours and not have any conclusions. Do you, do but- you,
1: do you uh, share my reservation that Israelis, and I know that obviously, this, I assume this whole thing was supposed to remain a secret, I'm assuming. And it, and it got leaked, you know, unintentionally, I'm assuming but but don 't you agree that if we always complain that the enemy makes up stories and does things and says things that they really don 't do or say that that it, it 's it's, it's, it's frustrating when when we uh, when, when our side behaves in the same manner or that doesn 't bother you
7: no it doesn 't bother me. I think it was a very clever ruse. It embarrassed the Hezbollah, which went you know public crowing about something that didn 't happen. And, uh, I mean, I think they were certainly more than embarrassed by uh, by the outcome. Yeah, but now whenever Israel says that they're casualties... You know, each, each response is unique. You know that. And there's always other things up their sleeves. Israel, thank God, has um, shown itself to be very adept, not always perfect in their responses. But this was a, a, a clever move, and, and at least now the people in Lebanon will not believe Hezbollah's claims. Right? Yeah, I hear that. And you but, undermine the confidence in, in them and what they have to say, and um, you know the the and the shifts inside Lebanon are very significant.
1: Do you feel bad for the president of Lebanon because he claims that? The, no, I do not feel bad. That, even though he claims, all. even though he claims he has zero control over Hezbollah.
7: Okay, so the president was uh, General Aoun, who used to be head of the, the Christian militia, was a big ally of Israel, and flipped completely. Has gone to the extreme extreme support of Hezbollah, and uh, I have met with I met with him in the early days during the war. I used to meet him in Marjayoun and other places in Lebanon, and I have uh, no sympathy for him whatsoever. I do have sympathy for people in Lebanon, um, and if you're talking about the Prime Minister Hariri um he is in a, a, a difficult position but you know what they got to take responsibility now the distinction between Lebanon and Hezbollah that Israel was restricted in its responses because Hezbollah was not part of the government now they are the government and and you cannot create an artificial separation so when if Israel has to retaliate, the government of Lebanon is to be held accountable. So is every as is Hezbollah today.
1: And the U.S. killed the U.N. resolution about what happened up north because it didn't include what? Uh,
7: they didn't like the wording. I didn't get the specific um, objection. They didn't. Re- they didn't. You know release what? I, it. If didn't I release the information on what's a specific,
1: and they may not even have mentioned Hezbollah in it. I have. A, I think I read that that they may not even have mentioned the word Hezbollah in it.
7: Uh, when they uh when they did right. it, I the think that it, it um, was another th- there was another part that that the United States objected to, but they did it quietly. And it was right. it was just revealed that afterwards after the fact that the United States again stepped in so people know the day to day things that the administration does yeah that's true you know that uh are very important.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea to communicate with the White House and let
7: them know. That and we saw at the U.N. that all of a sudden Palestinians had to try to deal with all the new evidence of anti-Semitism and incitement about their textbooks, that the report of right. the U.N. Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination came up and showed that the, the, um, the P.A. <laughs> as books are more vile and worse than before.
1: And, uh, and across the board, essentially every kid <laughs> is being taught incitement against Israel, no matter what grade, no matter what age.
7: Right, and they were warned to to stop the hate speech and incitement, and they all, you know, and they they put on a show. This time it's a very unique development. The United Nations that the Palestinians get exposed and for the hate that they are inculcating into their people, let alone the pay to slay and all the other things that they are doing. And and back to the other thing, you know, Rouhani has said that he has no intention to hold bilateral talks with the U.S. Uh, and he said that he the only time he ever would do anything is if if the JCPOA is back and the the sanctions uh, have to be removed as a precondition to talk. So that's why they can have a lower-level talk or something, but I don't know that you should think it's going to be real bilateral negotiations.
1: It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and alchomsegal.com, on the Alchom Network, and, of course, on the beloved... NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and you can imagine in the last 24 hours uh, what has everyone asked me to ask you about? What do you make of the resignation of Jason Greenblatt?
7: Well first I think we should express uh, Kar an appreciation to Jason who made a personal sacrifice, he and his family financially otherwise, time being away a lot from his family um, especially shabbat is is uh, difficult um and he spent two and a half years in in this uh effort um I think that he he never planned to be there that long and and he is staying until the uh, deal is is revealed uh he's certainly worked hard and built relationships and i think he helped at the times in the terms of strengthening the u s Israel relationship. Uh, the fact that the PA welcomed his uh, leaving and that the uh, Hamas you know celebrated the fact that he would leave and don't and the PA doesn't talk to him uh, I think is uh, is not, is a badge of honor <laughs> in, in this case what an accomplishment
1: uh, but but
7: he uh, um you know they they got pulled off the Manama conference the, you know the economic conference they have gotten the Arab states behind uh, this effort, and we'll see what the plan will be itself. And what? And I think people who are reading into this that the plan is a failure, it doesn't want to be associated with. It. I don't think that's true. Well, the this timing. The timing's unusual. Yeah, but but people leave administrations at all times. and he's a guy who has children. He has tuition to pay. Has uh, you know significant responsibilities. Uh, you know, to take off two and a half years from uh, out of your life is a very significant commitment to public service and to trying to to promote some sort of uh... peace agreement. So I, I think people should not, you know, interpret it, read it for what what he said, as see it for as as he presented it. And we'll see now what what happens. You know, the people are saying, "Well, the appointment of uh, Avi Berkowitz and other things are." You know, saying we're downgrading the position and upgrade, lowering the uh, position, but Brian Hook has also been associated with the new. You know that he will take more responsibility, right. but once the plan the plan is out, so maybe it'll shift to a different uh, type of diplomacy um, with ambassadors, others playing a role, and you have the rest of the team still intact.
1: So earlier in the week, if someone asked you for a timetable, you likely would have said the peace. Uh... Uh, proposal would have come out, you know, sometime reasonably after the election, maybe after the Chagim, who knows. Uh, now, would it still be the same timetable? Yes. We, we should expect it about November time?
7: I would say late October, mid-November, right.
1: Uh, and speaking of election, you know that today is the 6th of September. We're 11 days away. Yes, I hear that <laughs> there's an election coming. We're 11 <laughs> days away, a lot of deals being made, uh, a lot of public statements being made, a visit to uh to Russia coming up for the prime minister yesterday in uh in uh, with uh, Brian Johnson in great with Boris Johnson in Great Britain and canceled his trip to India how do you explain his pre-election the travel schedule
7: well I, the Johnson visit was surprising and coming you know in the midst of his Brexit crisis uh, but what it does show is that Netanyahu has the standing of an international figure that he um had has the connections which the other candidates uh obviously don't and that uh and I've asked many of the experts and asking does this make a difference and they say yes, it makes a difference because wow. for Israel the the issue of isolation is very important and when you have a leader who has credibility, has ties to Putin and you know they, they have these big flags on the on the Liquid building, one side showing Netanyahu with Modi, one side with um the, uh, with Putin, and there's another one I saw in Jerusalem with Putin, one side Putin, one side Trump, that uh, they're saying that he, he is a statesman, and he's, so it's a political advantage for him, and having uh, a visit with Putin, for instance, could help offset some of the Russian vote that goes to Lieberman or, or the Ukraine uh, visit, so... There are political motivations i don 't know if it's exclusive. There may have been some immediate issue regarding the talks with Iran or whatever that that also were involved um, but it is the, the election is very tight. The last poll shows still thirty two thirty two between him and blue and white and the remarkable uh, silence from uh, mr um, general guns uh, during yeah. this campaign something his own people have commented on the And the uh, campaign really is BB versus BB at this point. Uh, We've seen the right coalesce and uh, others uh, the same and others dropping out. So it'll be very interesting to see the turnout, who turns out, the numbers that turn out. That's really going to be uh, critical. How many young people, others? So you know, the last election, I think 50 percent. Or so came out this time, uh, we'll so it was a little higher. But uh, the have will the Arab vote come out now? They have the joint list, uh, so there are a lot of uh question marks that don't say that this is just an identical replay. Although the results could be very close President Rivlin, in a very strong statement yesterday, he said he's not going to allow a third election, which means he could turn to another Likud leader if Bibi B. can't form a coalition then he could turn to others, and obviously he doesn't want Lieberman in the coalition. Um, and he right now has at least 10 seats, according to the polls, and uh, uh, Shaked has 10 seats, so the, the jockeying will be very intense.
1: As you say that, I remember from the last election, they actually, they someone actually discussed that as a strategy, uh, that Lieberman would do anything to position himself where a different member of Likud would end up making the deal with him. I don't remember exactly how that worked.
7: Yeah, but he, he well, that's exactly. Talk about Sarah or Don or right. Donner, somebody else would come in because um, Blue and White, uh, Gantz, w- who might split the party with Lapid, and there's certainly internal divisions within Blue and White that have been discussed. Um, he might leave with his half, his part of of uh, Blue and White, and join a government led by Likud, but not by Netanyahu. I don't see that right now happening. I think Netanyahu's hold and, and you know, the strength that he has is likely, to, and, and the numbers could be there for a 61-vote coalition of the right with uh, Likud.
1: And in terms of pre-election atmosphere, the only real difference between this time around and last time is Gantz's, uh, uh, you know, less aggressive approach, let's put it that way.
7: I think that there there's a higher level of disinterest and that the intensity of the campaign is going to step up. I saw some of Netanyahu's new commercials uh, very early this morning, and uh, I don't know whether they matter, but obviously the Internet has become a platform for um, for for people with candidacies and running and them, uh, establishing themselves. Um, I, I, have, there, I don't think there are any debates scheduled, so people will... Will vote along party line, and now the question. That's why the question of turnout, and motivating people to turn out, and how they will vote will be very significant and the question of the indictments all these things are are playing also in the background
1: if um, if the trips to Great Britain and Moscow are to his benefit back home and I love the way you uh, you analyze that uh, is canceling the trip to India also a benefit or that's irrelevant uh, in terms of the the election
7: no everybody knows the relationship with Modi is very tight the trip to India is not easily undertaken you know it's a long trip and it and it's a big country and to visit or to make it a meaningful visit um, I think he felt that it was—it's probably too much at this time. Uh, and Modi has made very supportive statements, so I don't know that it plays the same way that a uh, Putin with a big constituency—the Indian Jewish constituency in Israel—is limited. There are Jews from India and the Benyaminush and others who have come to Israel, but the—but it's the overall image that he's trying to create—that he is a, a statesman, that he is the one who has. Um, the context is always say, you know, just B.B. can um, and and that he has to play his assets now, yeah, got that
1: uh all right, two quick things the um the the news that's now seeping out of Israel that there's a possibility of a unilateral strike versus Iran without the United States cooperation is that a timely announcement meaning if if not for an election, we probably wouldn't see this news item.
7: Well, you know that Iran this week fired their Air Force chief because well actually it was they announced it but he had been already fired before um because uh, he concealed the violations of Iranian airspace by the Israeli Air Force F35 stealth fighter jets and that wow. the uh, that the Russian S300 system didn't detect it the Iranian Air defense system didn't detect it. Now, now, Khamenei, it's reported, suspects that the Russians gave the Israelis the secret code to the S-300 radar system in Iran. uh... I don't know if that's true, but it's an interesting make for this will all make for a great movie. Um, but the very fact that Israelis knocked on his door sent them a very strong message to Khamenei and to the others that they could they can reach Iran. Uh, it, i think was uh, a very telling uh, thing so uh, um israel is 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 not likely to go it alone in a war with with iran but they will not tolerate the uh, escalation of the capacity the intensifying of the uh, level of sophistication of the weapons including missiles I mean, these things and that's why they struck in iraq and why they have to strike in in syria and, and not allow this precision factory for missiles, precision missiles, and they gave them a warning, and they're going to see if this place is not emptied and not dismantled, then Israel will take the action. But they gave the Lebanese government and the Lebanese chance to, to take the actions themselves, which they can easily monitor by satellite and other means. Wow.
1: By the way, since you've mentioned uh, you know, good movies uh, twice already in this conversation, I believe it's today that the uh that the television series The Spy about Ellie Cohen starring Sasha Baron Cohen comes out on Netflix i believe it's today and there've been a, there've been some really uh how do i put this mediocre <laughs> there've been some really mediocre series and uh, and uh, and movies uh about israeli themes recently coming out on these platforms hopefully this will be a good it's gotten some pretty good reviews so many
7: there've been many including the one about the boys about which was supposed to be about the kidnapping of the israeli boys but it turned right. out to be about the Palestinians, and there are many, many people who are critical of it. I did not see it, but there are people critical. But we should say that, you know, well, again, the kind of stories that never get coverage, that this week the FDA approved a drug that was produced in Israel by Dr. Sharon Shacham that um, showed a 40% um, of leukemia patients saw their tumors shrink and that life expectancy increased three to five times, and it's being tested for myeloma and lymphoma and sarcoma, uterine and brain cancer for all sorts of things that it, it stops you know the proliferation of cancerous cells which could be a, a a lifeline for so many so many people you know that's not a story that the New York Times will highlight or other papers will will yeah. even though it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll save a significant percentage of humanity but I guess that's uh, not... very significant yeah. and, and these things you know these discoveries that are taking place and that the improvements for quality of life etc that Uh, You know, it's it's so amazing. You think this little tiny country is Mm -hmm. is producing all of
1: this? Oh, I gotta I gotta ask you this before we wrap up. A United States federal judge has ruled the terror watch list unconstitutional. Will this have any real uh, uh, ramifications?
7: Yes, it it has ramifications because it limits the ability of. Whenever you limit law enforcement, then you are uh, harming the effort. And when the judge overruled the. A uh, lobby foundation case where the building that was to be taken from Fifth Avenue to pay terror victims of Iran—all um, of these things—they uh, are setbacks and they encourage the other side to think that they can get away with it. And we have to do much more. I think the uh, NYPD and others are are stepping up the efforts. I think the creation of this task force on hate crimes is important uh, to coordinate all the efforts. But we need to see more in the educational system. The fact that the numbers continue to increase of, of hate crimes against Jews and that the uh, tension between uh, international terrorism and domestic is now almost even, according to the FBI uh, report. So we have to keep our eyes on both uh, aspects of war, the fight against domestic and international terrorism and the fomenting of hate anti-Semitism uh, and its consequences as well.
1: Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak, please, God, next week. God willing. Malcolm God. Ho- Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time, here on JM in the a.m. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, Rabbi Emeritus, Congregation Shomeri Torah, Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
8: Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pasha's Shovtim. According to the Chinuch, Pasha's Shovtim contains 41 mitzvahs, 14 positive, and 27 restrictions. I'd like to focus this morning on the mitzvah of appointing a king in Israel and i urge you to bring your chumashim to the table and you're going to see at the very beginning of shani the second aliyah that the torah introduces this mitzvah radically different than all other mitzvahs in the torah the torah normally and usually teaches one law after another here, the Torah has a most strange introduction to this mitzvah. Says the Torah, When you come to the land that Hashem, your God, gives you, and you possess it, and you're going to settle in it, and you will say, I will set a king over myself, like all the nations that are around me. In simple English, we want a king, but unfortunately they're saying, why? Why? just like the other nations, let us be like them. So Hashem says, listen carefully, you asked for it, you got it. Namely, and I quote, you shall surely set over yourself a king. However, unlike you who are saying K'chol agayim, that we should be like all the other nations, no, the Torah goes on to say, If you're going to do it, do it as Hashem tells you to do it. He is going to make the rules. And so the Torah says the king can't have too many wives. The Torah says the king can't gather too many horses. The Torah says the king can't amass too much of a personal fortune. Amazing that The Torah is imposing these kinds of limitations on the king. And let's understand something. Most important, given that he is going to have great power over the people, as the Torah says, which means you are to place him upon you, and it's understood as the Rambam writes at the beginning of chapter two of Hilchos Melachim, Umis Kabbod Gadol Nohagin Bamelech. Great honor is given to the king. Um lo Ema, and we extend Ema Yira Belav Kol Adam that each individual is to have fear and reverence of this individual now the role of the king clearly we're told in the rambam at the very end of hilchos malachim chapter 11 and 12 where he talks about the next future king that please god is coming at at any day and that is the Moshiach. he writes at the beginning of chapter 11 that HaMelech HaMoshiach is going to come and restore Malchus David, the kingship of David, to its original splendor and glory. He's going to Bone mikdash. He's going to build the Beis HaMikdash. He's going to be Maccabees, Nitche Yisrael. He's going to ingather the dispersed of Israel, and Vechosrim Kolamishpatim Biyamav, and all the laws of our Torah are going to be returned, restored. Kishoyu Mikodem, like we had before. Makriven Korbanos. There's going to be the offering of sacrifices. And look further in chapter eleven of Hilchos Malachim. I, however, would like to focus on. A different aspect and importance of the king that we should realize. Why is it that we need a king so much today? That we every day in our Shmone Esrei, three times a day, we pray Essemach, David Avdacha, Meheras the shoot of David. Please bring it forth, referring to the Mashiach. That we pray every day for the restoration of kingship. Whenever we wash, and on Shabbos you have to wash and bench in the third bracha, we ask Hashem to have mercy on his people, on Jerusalem, Al Sion which is the entire land of Israel, and the Almauchus David Mishichecha. We ask Hashem for the restoration of the kingship of David. And then right after that, for Abayis HaKodov and then, please God, the Beis HaMikdosh. But kingship is something that Rabbeinu Bachaya says in understanding the Pasuk. Why is this mitzvah introduced the way it is? He says because ideally the Jewish people should not have a king, period. The same way that if you think about it, Ideally, we shouldn't need even a base Hamigdash. The Jew can access God any place. Unfortunately, when we sinned with the golden calf, Rashi explains, then there was a need for something tangible, and HaKadosh Baruch, who says, you asked for it, you got it, and gave them a Mishkan, which later became the Beis HaMikdosh in Yerushalayim. And here, too, ideally says, Rabbeinu Bechaya, we shouldn't need a king. Hashem is Avinu, our loving father, and Malkenu, That's it. However, once we are asking for a king, and we're not only asking a king in terms of who's going to run the country, in terms of organizing a standing army to lead the nation in battle, to uh, determine foreign domestic policy, to supervise collection of taxes, building of roads, melting of coins, all of the above. I'd like to focus on one very important aspect of the king, and that is he is the great unifier, says the Sefer Achinuch in Mitzvah 497 and quoting the Rambam in his mitzvah of one. 73. the role of the king is lemanos oleinu melech me Yisrael, to appoint a king over Israel, Kulanu, to gather us, to unify us together, to make us one people. Not just that we all live in one land. That's not what makes us one people. The king is going to unify us. Why? I'm going to suggest two reasons for this. One, Unfortunately, if you look in the 18th chapter of Proverbs, verse 1, the wise King Solomon says, L'savah Yavakesh Nifrod. Loosely translated, it means that if someone is into themselves and wants more and wants more for themselves, then such a person, listen carefully now, is not interested in the community, is not interested in others, only cares about himself. The king represents a focus that each and every one of us can and will relate to, number one. Number two, as we find in the Hakodama, the introduction of the Nitziv to the Book of Barashas, he says, the book of Barashas is called Sefer HaYoshar, the book of the just. Because Avram, Yitzok and Yaakov, the primary movers and shakers in the book of Barashas, they not only had their convictions, but they respected others. And this, he says, unfor- even others that they differed with. This, he says, unfortunately was the terrible situation at the time of Churban Bayes Sheni. There was Torah, there was mitzvot, but there was no tolerance. If you did not conduct yourself just the way I did and I do, then you're out. And that is not the Jewish way. We are to recognize, says Rav Hirsch, that of Avino had 12 sons and each was different but each one was focused on Hashem in His way and we have to represent and recognize and realize that there are many different acceptable ways who is going to be that great unifier it is none other than the King the Torah has Parashat Vayelech, a mitzvah which comes once in seven years. On the sukkas following the Shemitah year, the king fulfilled the mitzvah of Hakkel and read the Torah to the assemblage of the entire nation of Israel. And if you listen to the words of the Rambam, it's a kind of recreation of Maimon Har Sinai having all the people together and who was doing the reading of it the king as the Torah specifies and the Rambam says Shehamelech <speaking in Hebrew> Sholiahu He is the emissary Lashmia Divrei Hokel to make known the words of God Interesting the king has so much power and therefore the Torah in its great wisdom says that the king is to write like every Jew. Every Jew has to keep Shabbos, the king keeps Shabbos. Every Jew puts on Tefillin, the king puts on Tefillin. Every Jew has a mezuzah, that's right, the king has a mezuzah. Every Jew has an obligation to write a Sefer Torah, and I wish it on everybody, comes along the Torah and says, but the king, he has to write a second Sefer Torah. And this second Sefer Torah, obviously it's going to be a little bit smaller because where is it going to be, my friends? Says the Torah, imo, and it's to be with him. Ve-kara vo, ko chayav, and he's to read it all the days of his life in order that this will keep him in check. To remind him that he too, T-O-O, is subservient to Hashem. Hashem put him in this position and his primary allegiance is to Hashem. Now, a beautiful quick thought of the Chassam Sofer. The word Sefer is usually feminine. The Zos HaTorah. When we do Hagbah, we say this is the Torah feminine, Zos. Here, it should have been the Korah in the feminine, it says Koravo says the chassam so fair that it doesn't only mean to read in the book, that he should read the book, but yet the book should be a reflection on him, that you should be able to read him, meaning he should reflect the Torah. When we have such an individual who embodies literally the reflection of how a Jew should ideally live, then, wow, says the Gemara Imbrachos Nunches Amaralif Malchusa De Ara the royalty of earth down here is Ke'in Malchusa De Rakia is a reflection of the royalty of Hashem. In simple English, the king is going to be the one to help all of us have a stronger personal connection with Hashem. Each and every Jew has so much great potential. This potential has to be literally leashed, and this potential has to be garnished. And who is going to be the one to do it? Once again, the king. Once we are all focused on the king, the Beis HaMikdash, this is going to uh, bring together, please God, the great unification of the Jewish people. I can only tell you, the Gemara says, in Sanhedrin, Kaf. in the days of Rabbi Yehuda, we had six Talmidim. They were poor, but the six Talmidim were able to cover themselves with one blanket and study Torah. Do you want to know why they were able to do it with one blanket? Because each one wanted to make sure that the next one has. And when each one is concerned about the next one, we all have. Once again we are hara, making progress but we should never lose sight of the best which is yet to come and included in that best which is yet to come is the great unifier known as Melech of Am Yisrael Shabbat Shalom to all
0: Oh.
1: AM and the AM with the great Rip Shlomo Kalbach. Friday morning Air of Shabbos as we uh, continue here on a um Who? Sorry about that. Can't stop uh can't seem to stop sneezing. For some reason we continue on a Friday morning candlelighting in New York here at seven PM. Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock, Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Brand new show, brand new season. Cookbook author Adina Sussman, whose new release, Sababa, is already a big hit. She'll be a guest, plus the uh, the chef, the top chef of Wall Street Grill will be joining Naomi as well. It's all happening between 9 and 10 this morning. Then the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shaba show with Mark Zamek. Harry Rothenberg in the video blog about Parsha Shoftim. Uh, Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful Bugle at Kedem. Tomorrow night it's a Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and of course that features Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler and then on uh, Sunday JM Sunday with Matus begins at 7 a.m. Eastern time. It's all right here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Make sure to be tuned in. Our September on the road, fall on the road with, uh, uh, with the Nahum Seagull Network is uh, being presented by Azer Mitzion, the world's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. You can uh, use the following web address to purchase golf balls in the big ball drop. There's a ball drop contest where they take all these golf balls. They put them in a helicopter, drop them on the golf course. The three that are closest to the hole win the split the pot prize. Uh, Go to emgolf.org, emgolf.org slash ball drop, emgolf.org slash ball drop. If you use the promo code Nahum, you get a percentage off of the purchase of those golf balls for the ball drop emgolf.org slash ball drop. 18 minutes before 9 o'clock. It is a JM and the AM Friday morning, of Shabbos. And uh, I want to thank our friends uh, both at the Pizza Block, Alicia Block and Company up in Riverdale, and, of course, our friends at Como Pizza in the Washington Heights, uh, Josh and Seth and everybody. Uh, we had an amazing time. We had an amazing time there yesterday at both locations as our uh, on-the-road month really got off to a fantastic start. So I thank all the staff at both locations uh, for helping us out and for being so hospitable. A big thank you from all of us here at JM and the AM and the Malcolm Siegel Network. Sandy's next at JM and the AM. (imitation)
4: כיינו <imitation> The car <people> of <life> the Amino,
0: Venendo Tirana malchuteca
4: ZANG EN Al yidi David, Mashiach, Tidkechah.
0: Ra trickiness to David God, is the name Heil in I'm going
1: Scott Elbaz, Ms. Marla David. Great selection. Before that, Sandy Shmueli with Mim Komcha, JM and the AM, Friday morning air of Shabbos. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. There we go. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, as we get set uh, to say good Shabbos. In fact, it's time to say good Shabbos with journeys at JM and the AM.
0: The very special side.
1: Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. up another amazing show and great week here at jm and am thanks to all of you make sure to be tuned into all of our fantastic programming today including right now next table for two with naomi nachman brand new tomorrow night saturday night seagull sunday is jm sunday with Matis beginning at 7 a.m i'm back here on monday morning join us for another amazing september week as we kick off uh, this incredible season here at the Nahum seagull network have a fabulous shabbos wonderful weekend till monday nahum seagull reminding you Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.